Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. We're excited as we continue on this series, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? And just as Pastor Michael said, you should be able to answer that question when someone asks you. Definitely whenever we get done with this series, because we're going to cover a lot in, uh, and, and, and the, uh, uh, the answer to that obviously is not, uh, it's not just one particular answer. There, there, we, we started, and that's why we have a series that we're doing on this, because you have to go back to the very beginning, which we did uh, last week and talked about the fall of man, the disobedience of mankind in the garden. And so very quickly as a recap, we talked about how that we know that, um, that there was a lease that was given to mankind. God set man in the garden on the face of the earth and basically gave him a lease of the earth. And in, in Genesis chapter 1, we see that. And, and uh, it was spoken to mankind to guard and to keep that garden. Well, did they do it? They didn't do a very good job at it, did they? Mankind disobeyed God and, and obeyed Satan, and in doing so, that very least that God of authority and reign that God had given mankind, man in his obedience to Satan rather than, than God, turned that, the, that lease over to Satan. And, and since that day, even until right now, we know that the Bible says Satan is the God of this world, that he has a lease on this world. We know that uh, we live in a fallen world, and we can see that by um, uh, we see the, the death, the dying, the destruction that's around us, and um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's pretty sad to see. But then in the middle of all that, what happens? God had a plan, praise God, to redeem mankind back to himself again, and in order for that to happen, there had to be a lamb that was slain that was spotless, the blood uh, of an innocent one had to be shed, Jesus was that one, that spotless lamb that came and walked upon the face of the earth, praise God, and, and, and did not sin during that time, was able to be uh, uh, offered up as that sacrifice, that supreme sacrifice for man once and for all, praise God. And as he did that, uh, uh, where we kind of ended off a little bit, last week we talked about how that God gave mankind a will, a will to choose. He didn't make us robots, he, he gave us each a will. And in, in, in giving us that will, uh, I know nobody in here has ever made a wrong choice, right? Uh, we make choices every day. And uh, sadly, all of us have at some point or another made a or made a, a, a series of wrong choices. And we know that wrong choices uh, can have a, a, a big effect on why sometimes things happen the way that they happen. I'll say it this way, where we're at today, we are where we're at today by the choices we made yesterday. And if we want our tomorrows to look different than today, we need to begin to make better choices today so that it changes what our tomorrows look like. Amen? And so uh, the choices, you know, we talk to our children, we talk to our grandchildren, we talk to people about choices, make the right choice. Because we've, uh, when we've been down that road long enough, we've seen the result of bad choices. 
and uh, even many people sometimes uh, can't figure out why that they're in a situation financially. And they have even blamed God being in a, a situation of financial difficulty or something when God didn't lead them into that to begin with. They led themselves into that. And uh, I know nobody hears like that, but praise God, I've heard of people doing that, right? Now, we all, we, we've, you know, at, at times, like I said, make choices that are not right and have affected uh, the outcome of our life and maybe where we're at today because of it. So we wonder, we know as we begin to gain knowledge in the Word of God and begin to grasp the wisdom of God in our life, we begin to make better choices, praise God. And so that's a big key, isn't it? To begin to change things. And uh, I know... I've seen families sometimes where children were raised up in a family, a family of bad choices, a family that, that lived from bad, one bad choice to another. And their children were raised in that atmosphere, and they, they learned, they grew up in that, and that's all they knew was in that. But then when they gave their life to the Lord and said, hey, wait a minute, now, now we don't have to live like this. And uh, let's do something, begin to do something about it and begin to change their family tree. Maybe they lived in poverty their life because of bad choices they made or, or maybe they lived in sickness because maybe of, of, of the food that they ate and the type of food and how they lived their life and said, we're going to begin to change something of uh, things in, in around our household and begin to change that and begin to teach their children a different way, begin to teach their children a wiser way and in those choices, it began to affect their life and their lineage and, and their legacy that they begin to leave behind. So thank God for wisdom, right? Thank God that we can learn and we can grow. We don't have to uh, repeat uh, society over and over again in our life making bad choices. But uh, going back to in the garden of, uh, of the choices that man made, made the wrong choices, and, um, and in doing so, that curse is still upon the face of the earth. Jesus come was that spotless lamb. But how many of you know still if, if Jesus would have came, gave his life, and not one soul would have ever accepted of the work that he did for them, received of that blood to cleanse them, to say, Jesus, come into my heart, that it wouldn't have changed anything. What it took to change things on top of that in man's individual life was for man to choose to accept the work that Jesus did for them. To say, Jesus, I know that the price that you paid was for me. The blood that you shed was for me. I ask you to come into my heart and wash my heart clean with the precious blood of the Lamb, praise God. And in doing so, begin to change that that, that, that default setting that was that person being born into this world. I know when I accepted Jesus as a young lad, as a, as a teenager, it changed me totally from the inside out. It changed my direction. It changed my thought. It changed the way I talked. It changed the way I acted. It, it changed the way I saw things. It changed me from the inside out. But I had to make that choice. But how many of you know that God cannot make that choice for you and I. The Bible says it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to everlasting life. It's God's, it's God's, it's God's desire that every one of us accept Him as our Lord and Savior. But God Himself cannot make 
mankind do that? If he did, he would be overriding our will, our choosing in what we do. And so the choice is up to us. So we know right there is a big key on why bad things happen to good people because many times it's the choices they make. And, and, and sadly, there's people in the world today that have never made a choice to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They've never accepted him into their heart. You and I can't make them to do that, but what we can do is we're to be lights in a dark world, praise God. And we can show them of what they can have. We can be an example of the love of Jesus. If they're living in, in, in poverty, if they're living in lack, if they're living in depression and oppression and all the oppression uh, family members that's uh, in, in that lineage, if we can show them you don't have to live under that, that household, praise God, you can live free of that and they can see it in our lives. It's something that they can look at and we can be a light to them and they can receive Jesus for themselves and begin to make a change. Again, it's a choice, isn't it? And so, um, so today, as someone sees where they're at in their life and, and, and is, is frustrated and saying, you know, I don't like where I'm at today. I don't like the situation I'm in. Maybe they're not born again. Maybe they've never accepted Jesus. And they can't figure out why uh, uh, the problems keep coming, why the bad things happen. Of course, we know, again, we go back to knowing that we live in an earth with a curse, that around us, the Bible even tells us that the problems will come in this life. But then, when you know Jesus, he also goes on to say, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world, praise God. Amen? And so if the overcomer lives in you, you and I become an overcomer because of him, not because of something that, how great things that we could ever do or be. Or what we could accomplish, it's by his, what he did, what Jesus did for us. And so when we receive of that work in our life, we receive that help that we need. He's there to help us, praise God. But then I know that there's even Christians today, believers today, that live uh, in a, uh, uh, in a, um, a sad uh, state of affairs and, uh, and they don't have peace in their heart, there's problems in their life. Well, why is it? Does it have to be that way? Absolutely not. Again, we go back to choices. And, 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 and then we talked a little bit last week about information, revelation, how important. Um, Hosea 4.6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And the second part of that is because they've rejected knowledge. Then there's the second issue with that. But having a lack of knowledge... And we talked about how that when you know something, you can begin to walk in that arena. That's, that's why it's important. You know, we talked about, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, Ayla was here. We said, you know, would you want, would you want somebody uh, being a, going in and being a doctor uh, on you that says, no, I've seen it on, on uh, seen a YouTube video once. Uh, you know, I, I Googled it. I know how I got this. I got this. No, you want to say, go, go study. Go uh, learn, go, go learn how to do this. Get this down on the inside. Know it. Know it from front to back. Know it really well. And uh, 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 that learning or that knowing causes that person to be able to walk on a different plane. They begin to be able to do something that, uh, uh, that somebody else can't do. Um, um, how many of you have ever been over to Walmart and had a prescription filled over there? 
Bill knows where I'm going with this. And maybe Bill filled those prescriptions for you. Uh, do you think he's just back there? Well, let's see. I can, I can count them pills out just like Bill did. I know how to count. I can, I can count them out and put them in a bottle. <laughs> what pills? What, what, you know, well, whatever the prescription was. Have you ever tried to read a prescription? <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, but, but there's a lot more to that, isn't there? You've, you've, you've got, he went to, to school. He had to go through training to be able to do that. Praise God, to be, to be certified to be able to do that. It didn't just something, well, one day he said, oh, this will be a good gig to do. You know, I'll just go do this. Well, guess what? There's, there's training with it. Many of you in the fields that you're in, uh, um, you spent some time there. Uh, I look back here, Brian, he's a, a rotocraft mechanic, a helicopter mechanic. Um, you know, he didn't just, uh, that's not something uh, I don't think that you just uh, Googled one day. Was it, uh, the Brian, did, is that, did, did you figure it out that way? No. Okay, good. If I had a helicopter, you wouldn't be working on it <laughs> if, if that was the case. <laughs> no, uh, there's schooling that's involved in it. There's your licensing. And, and then not only that, there's a recurrent training that takes place. Josh, the same way, works over the, as a, a meteorologist, and, and uh, you know, there's a lot to know about that. There's a lot to learn to, to be able to uh, uh, do your job and whatnot, and, and, and with that comes a lot of training. Regardless of what area you're in, it allows you to begin to work in another arena. It begins to, uh, you be, it, it actually takes you to a place that you was never able to take, uh, go to before. I've said all that to say this in the Word of God, as we begin to learn the principles of Scripture, begin to learn the Word of God, what God's Word says about it, there's things that we don't have to put up with that the devil would, would try to give us. And maybe as a baby Christian you didn't know, but as you begin to dig in the Word of God, as you begin to find your Scripture, and you begin to find what God's Word says about particular subjects and whatnot, all of a sudden you begin to realize, hey, I can have that in my life. That's a promise to me, praise God. And so you begin to step out of that situation. Uh, you begin to, when I, I remember when I began to find out that, praise God, I don't have to be sick. Jesus bore those stripes in, on the cross uh, in his body for me. That was, that was the, one of the things that he did. He took those upon his cross. I don't have to be sick. So when sickness now tries to come and attach itself, what do I do? I say, no. Why should I live with something that Christ died for? Praise God the, the, that he put up with. Or whatever it is, the promises of God's word when you begin to get in and begin to find out what those promises are, it enables you to begin to walk in them. Hallelujah. And so there's many Christians that are putting up with things because they don't know. They don't know they have authority over that. I've seen many uh, parents where their, their children are constantly sick or they have problems with them and whatnot. But as they continue to grow in the Word of God and begin to learn how to apply the Word, all of a sudden they begin to step outside of that. They begin to live above those situations, praise God. Their children begin to live uh, more healthier, praise God. There's more health around their homes, praise God. I remember as, uh, you know, our children were young, growing up. In the middle of the night, maybe an attack would come against them. Maybe it was just a cold or a flu or whatever, and, and they'd wake up and be crying in the middle of the night. What would we do? We'd go in there, we'd lay hands on them, and say, in the name of Jesus, 
You have to go. You don't have to. This is not. We're under the blessing, praise God. This is a promise to us. We don't have to put up with this. Well, where do we learn that? The Word of God teaches us plainly our authority in Him. And when we learn we don't have to put up with those things, all of a sudden what happens? We begin to step above that, begin to live outside of that arena. I'm not telling you this to put a pin on my chest. I'm telling you that regardless of where you're at and what you've learned, it enables you that knowledge begins you to cause you to live on a higher plane. Hallelujah. And guess what? Every one of us want to live higher than where we're at right now. And it comes from spending time in the Word of God to who we are, finding out who we are in Christ. And so many people, they might be born-again believers, but they're not living in the blessings that God's provided. Why? Because they don't spend the time in the Word of God to find out what's available to them. I know nobody here has ever, ever got a car and uh, maybe a new car, maybe new to you, maybe it wasn't brand new or newer car or whatever, and, and you've seen all these all newfangled stuff on it. Thought, Boy, that's pretty neat. i got to look at the, at the manual, see what all those things go to. But how many of you have ever done, uh, uh, um, you know, had something for two or three years and didn't know what it did? Oh, one day you was reading the manual and you found out something in there. Well, I didn't know this car would do that. Well, looky there, it does this too. I didn't know it would do that. Well, how many of you know there's a lot of things in our manual, folks? There's a lot of instructions in here and a lot of promises, praise God. When we begin to find out what they are, then we can begin to experience them and begin to walk in them. Hallelujah. And so uh, so that, that's another big key. A lot of people don't know the promises to them, and the enemy just has run roughshod over them. And guess what? He, the enemy, uh, he don't have to run rough rough shot over you if you know who you are in Christ. You can stop it. You can put a stop to it and say, not in my home, not in my business, praise God. The blessings of the Lord are upon this business, praise God. And so we know that that's a a, a big key in that. But I want to look at a couple things. I want to go back. Turn turn your Bibles, if you would. uh, Let's go over to uh, James. Let's go over to um, James chapter uh, 1 and... uh, we're going to look at verse 17 here. We, uh, we read this scripture last week. This is our, basically our foundation. It was a scripture that's going to be for our series all the way through this. Hallelujah. I like how the very first word that starts out, verse 17, every. Everybody say every. How many of you know that word every is pretty important? He said every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So there's no changeability with God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? He doesn't change. Thank God we don't have to worry about him getting up on the wrong side of the bed one day. No, he's going to respond different one day than he does another. Thank God he loves us and cares for us. He's going to be the same regardless. Go to him today. The answer he gives you is is what he's always going to give you, praise God. He doesn't change. I said he doesn't change. Amen. Aren't you glad? Sometimes we look at people and we say, well, thank God he's not like them. And then we look in the mirror and say, thank God he's not like him. (laughs) Praise God. But as we begin to look into the mirror of the word of God, we should begin to put on that image 
more and more. We should begin to act and look more like God the more time we spend with him. And so all good and perfect gifts come from the Father above. Hallelujah. Every gift. Everybody say every. every. One translation says all. All or every means all or every, praise God. Not a few. Well, yeah, except for these. No. Hallelujah. Now, let's go over to another verse that we're very familiar with. Go over to John, the 10th chapter. John, chapter 10. Hallelujah. Big John. I told that to somebody, and they said, what? Big John? Yeah, Big John, Little John, you know. Little John's 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, back by Revelation, Jude and Revelation. That's, that's what we call Little John. Those are little, little chapters, right? Big John, um, the 10th chapter. You're familiar with this, this verse. We quote it around here quite a bit. The 10th chapter, verse 10. The thief does what? Comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Who's writing this? Is the words in red? That's Jesus. Jesus spoke this, right? And he says, I am. So who's the I am he's speaking of? Jesus himself, right? He says, but I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So... The first is for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Put Throw that one up if you would. So um, that particular slide, did you get her made up there? Hallelujah. All right, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. How many of you know nothing in those words are satisfying? That's not pleasant. How many of you just would love to have any of that in your home? But how many of you know we have it in the world around us today a lot? So the thief comes for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But how many of you have heard God accused of doing one of these things? Now the second one is Jesus said what? He's come for to what? Go ahead and put the second one up. Or that you might have life and an abundant full life. All right? How many of you would like to have some of that? Maybe a lot of it, right? Which one? Which one would you take? Would you take the first one or would you rather have this one? Oh, come on. Help me out here a little bit. All right. So I don't know about you. I want this one here. Have life and have an, an abundant full life. Well... Uh, is, there, uh, is there a little bit of discrepancy uh, that, well, maybe when Jesus said that, you, that I've come that you might have life and have more abundance, maybe he didn't quite mean it like that. No. Jesus means what he says. It says what he means, right? He said, I only say the things I hear my father say. I only do the things I see my father do. And so you can't mix the two but yet in the world today we see people mixing the two well I know that God brought this bad whatever it is into my life that falls under the category of stealing killing and destroying 
Folks, it's not a rock. It, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what category it's under. But yet even Christians have sadly took and, 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 and lumped God into the category of stealing, killing, and destroying because they didn't understand what was going on. And sadly, I've even heard ministers, well, we know that, that, that you know, God does whatever he wants to do. No, he don't. He, he, he does what he does, and we know what he does according to his word. He's plain about that. And so a lot of times when we don't understand something that's going on, we first have to look and see where is the problem coming from. Does it fall under the category of stealing, killing, and destroying? Or does it fall under the category of life and life more abundant? Life in abundance. Hallelujah. And then some people, even though they, they see that it's under the category of stealing, killing, and destroying, God, why did you do this? Why did you do this? And God didn't have anything at all to do with it. So let me ask you the question. Uh, is everything that happens God? Of course not, because we know that we live in a world, a fallen world. For God to be able to work in this world, he has to have access to do that. If, he's the God, if Satan is the God of this world, even though God owns the world, yet, you know, it's kind of, it, it, let me say it like this. You might own a, a, a property that you may rent to someone. Well, guess what? Legally, before you can go in, once they sign a contract with you, they became, become the leasers of that property. You don't just go marching in there, well, I know you live here, but I don't care. No, there's a respect, of the legal part of it is respecting the tenants that lives there. I have some tenants on my property. I have to give them notice before I give, 24-hour notice before if I need to uh, have access into the property. Now, if they know if it's, a, if it's an emergency or something like that, they've granted me access for things like that. But, uh, but still, there's a legal way to do things. On this earth, Satan is the god of this world. Jesus can't just come barging in and doing whatever he wants to do. Many people feel, think, well, you know, so then, then God should have stopped that when God could not have stopped that because he wasn't allowed access into that arena. So now we, we talk about the question, why is it important that we pray? Well, I'm glad you asked because we know that when we have a, we have a legal right to be here, right? We were legally born. Even though it's 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 a it's an earth with a curse, even though Satan has the god of this is the god of this world, we have been we have come through legal means, just as Jesus came through legal means, was born into the world. That's why he had to come that way, right? Legally in that. And so now here we are in this. Now we accept Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. We've activated our will, our chooser. Jesus comes into our heart. Now, guess what? He lives and has a right here on planet Earth through you and I. Wherever we walk, we take him with us, praise God. So whenever we say, Jesus, we're, we're asking you to work in this situation, in this company, or in this family, guess what? 
He says, yes, sir. He steps right in and works because he has a legal right to work through us in a world that Satan has the lease on. And Satan can't do a thing about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's powerful. Powerful. That doesn't exalt us. That's the, the pathway that God works through and in. So he needs us here on this earth. We need him. He needs us. Sounds like a partnership. Amen. Hallelujah. God wants to work with us. We need to work with him. And so when we ask God in a, for a, come into a situation, then God can come in and work in and move. So when we ask God, we're asking you to move in this situation or that situation, God can come in and he can work through that. But the enemy, when we live in a fallen world, the enemy will do what he does in his world that he controls. And how many of you know that's a lot of bad when you look around the world today? And the further on, the older the world becomes, the worse that it is. That's why in Scripture it's referred to the end times or the latter days because it's latter in time. It's later in life, closer to his second coming. And so, even though it's, you know, the problems that persist in the world today, God can work in the earth when believers ask him and, and, and give God a right and responsibility to work. So therefore, the question is, well, God can do whatever he wants to do at any time. No, he can't. I'll blow a bunch of religious thoughts out of the world. You show me in Scripture whether that's the case. Not in a world that Satan has the lease on. And that's why God needs you and I, and that's why we need him. Hallelujah. We're nothing without him. And the same kind, God, God looks highly upon mankind as his spokesman and his ambassadors in the world today to get things done, praise God. So, have you been asking? That's why it's important that we ask. You say, well, God knows what I need. The Bible says he, even though he knows before we ask. Well, he knows it, but until we ask, what is that? That's that chooser, that will stepping up and saying, I choose to allow God in my life. God won't override our will, first off. Secondly, it gives him the right to be able to come in and work through that. Hallelujah. Thank God that... Uh, God set it up in such a fashion that he can still work in this world today regardless of what's going on in this world. Hallelujah. All right. A couple things. Um, so how come God had man to name the animals? Couldn't God name the animals? He gave man the choice to name what, and they were called what man called them. So we see there man's choice or his decisions that he made, today we still see the effects of. You ever see an animal and think, why is that animal called that? Well, go back to Adam about that. Take that up with him. All right. So we still have the right to make choices today, don't we? 
Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Let's look at this. Familiar with this passage of Scripture, but let's look at it. Deuteronomy chapter 30, and we're going to look at verse 19. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. So I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. In other words, the choices that the original says, the choices that are set before you are these. Life and death, blessing and cursing. Does he stop there? No. He tells us even how to choose. He says, therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants or your seed may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. That that uh, uh, process is still in action today, the choices we make. Choose life or choose death. When a person is in this world and never accepted Jesus, refuse him, they have chosen death. When they, choose, when, they, when they accept him, say, Jesus, come into my life, what have they done? They've just chosen life. Now, on the individual choices scale, things that we do in our everyday life, how many times the things that we do can actually lead to death or lead to life? Or life more abundantly, life more full, fully. So we see here how choices can affect how full we live our life by the right choices or the wrong choices we make. Hallelujah. Say amen or oh me. Praise God. It's true. So it's very important, the choices that we make, that we make the right choices because it not only will affect us, it can affect others around us. How many times have choices we made, maybe without even realizing how it was going to have a domino effect onto maybe another family member or maybe in the workplace or something like that? And so, and, and besides that, people are watching. People are looking at your life and my life. They see the, the, the choices we make. They see what we do. And it's very important that we set the standard in the right manner that we show Christ wherever we go and what we do. Hallelujah. Well, I can't stand them. I'll just give them a piece of my mind. Be careful. Watch out. Because we're sowing seed and it'll come back. We don't want to be the one responsible for leading someone astray. People watch you and I more closely than we realize how much they watch. And we have the ability to make the right choices over the wrong ones. Amen. Hallelujah. So we see that um, Adam and Eve both disobeyed. They both together disobeyed. Yeah, that was that woman. Yeah, that's what you say. It was, it was that woman. Yeah, well, guess what? He followed suit. So here, wives, here's your chance to get back. Amen. When she slugged you, now you can slug her back. And say, say it was both of us together. We're in this together. 
the husband, the, the man and the woman both. And in doing that, handing that lease over, it was a legal contract. It was that legal choice. And then it became a heart issue. Remember that the Bible says that and was told, man was told, God had told him, he says, if you do partake of that fruit from this day, you'll surely die. Well, did they die physically? Not what we term as death, but we know the actual term of death means separation from God. Did that happen? Absolutely. Mankind was separated that day. Mankind died that day that they disobeyed God. Matter of fact, you find when, when death is referred to what we call death here, we see it in Scripture refers to someone going asleep, falling asleep. Lazarus just fell asleep. They laughed at him because they didn't understand his vernacular. He said, no, he's just went asleep. That's what's going to happen when we leave planet Earth. We're going to fall asleep down here, praise God. Put on our glorified body. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. So, uh, so this, uh, this uh, heart issue became very major because it was the obedience to Satan over God. Jesus radioed back in. Father, Houston, we've got a problem. We've got a heart issue here. Wasn't a, wasn't a sin issue, it was a heart issue. A heart issue produced the sin. It was missing the mark. And so from that day forward, the father says, I've got to get heart, man's hearts back to myself again. And that's why Jesus came, but still, then the choice was given to man, what are you going to do? Are you going to choose me or are you going to deny me? That's where the heart issue comes in. The day we accepted Jesus, praise God. We were made brand new on the inside, our heart. Amen. The heart become brand new. And so the, 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 the choices that we make in, in our everyday life are normally a reflection of what's in the heart. If we make choices, wrong choices, it's a lot because we haven't spent the time with our Father and asked Him, is this what I should do? Is this the right path I should take? Oh my, how much, how much heartache and how much problem we could save ourselves by making right choices. How much lost time uh, we could save ourselves by making right choices. If we have the heart right and spend time communing with the Father, then He's going to be speaking to us and leading and guiding us in our choices we make. It's very important. That's why even Scripture talks about how that we're, uh, you know, to be, uh, 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 you know, the choices, decisions that we make, that we don't do it hastily. We, we, we check in first. We, we listen to the leadership that's on the in our heart. God wants to lead us from the inside out. He wants to he wants to speak to us on the inside so that we make the right choices. Have you ever went to do something and you knew on the inside you shouldn't do it? Well, I had just something just this week and I was going to do it. And, and felt pretty good about it, and, and, and as I went to 
do it, all of a sudden on the inside it was just like that, that gnawing. It's not right. Well, now I have a choice to make. Am I going to obey my heart? Remember I said it's a heart issue. Am I going to obey my heart or am I going to look to what it offers in the natural? Because he sees things that I don't see. And the other th- the good thing about it is, is the more that we uh, practice listening to him and obeying him when he speaks to us, the easier it is next time to obey. Because we more recognize his voice. It's what we listen to the most becomes the, the norm or the natural in our life. If we'll practice listening to him, his voice, his leadership, it will become louder than the world's voice around us. So we want to make right choices, right? We want to do what's right. And we do that by spending quality time with him, by spending quality time with the Father, spending time in his presence. He said, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice, the voice of the shepherd. I know when we used to, uh, when I was born and raised on a farm up in Ohio, and we raised sheep. And, um, you know, I remember going out there and, and, uh, and, you know, of course, being with those sheep from just lambs, baby lambs when they were born. And, and we were just talking about those the other day, how they're also, when they're happy, they're frolicking around their tails, just going night into nothing, especially when they're eating. And uh, that's how I can tell if you're eating or not, see if your tail's flipping around. You know? <laughs> Are, are they happy? Is, is, is the sheep happy? Well, sure, they're enjoying themselves. They're, they're at a good place in their life, in a peace. But when it would come time to feed them, come out and just holler at them, here they come running. But, you know, we had people that would come over and stuff, and some of the family, I remember, you know, uh, some of my nephews, my nephews and stuff, they'd holler at the sheep, and them sheep wouldn't come. They wouldn't come a bit. But they knew who fed them. And they knew the voice. Do we know the voice of our shepherd? Amen. And he knows our voice, praise God. And so we need to listen, practice, and, and, and it comes from spending time with the shepherd, the great shepherd. Hallelujah, Jesus. Spending time with him, and then when he begins to speak to you, you know what his voice sounds like. I mean, to some people, it's a mystery you mean God speaks to you? You mean you talk to God? They think that's really strange. That's not strange. That should be your M.O. If you don't believe it, that, believe that, turn over to, to Romans, the eighth chapter. That, that, that should be how the, that's just normal for us. Romans chapter 8. Let's look at verse um, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's the protocol. That's how God wants to lead you and I, His people. Lead us by His Spirit. If you're a born-again believer, a Christian, that's how that, that should be normal for you and I to be led by His voice. Not led by things, 
I've heard many people say, well, I know if this happens and this happens, I know that's God. No, you don't know that's God. Satan could get in there and do those kind of things. It's natural things. And, you, and you're chancing, you're, you're, you're playing, uh, uh, you're gambling on something, whether this falls in or that. God's bigger than that. He goes right to the heart. Remember, he said, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to begin to write my laws on their hearts. In other words, with this became such a big heart issue in the garden, God wanted to make sure that he had the hearts of man because he knew that if he had the hearts of mankind, he could work in man's lives. Does God have your heart today? Praise God. He has your heart, truly has your heart he can, that's where he's going to work. That's where he's going to communicate with. That's where he's going to, Stephanie, that's what he's going to speak to on the inside of you and I. It's, and he doesn't go to the head, he goes right to the heart. Hallelujah. It's the inward part of man. Satan can't get to your heart. But God knows your heart so well, praise God. In Hebrews he says, the word of God is sharper, quicker, and, and Jesus is the word, Right? He's made flesh. He said the word of God is sharp, sharp, uh, quicker, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to cut asunder between the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You and I can't even do that. Sometimes we don't even know what the thought of the heart is and the intent of the heart. But Jesus knows right away that whether you're thinking of just thinking about it or whether you have plans on following through with it. In your heart, not up here, but in your heart. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. So it becomes a heart issue. God works directly with the heart of mankind. So that's how he wants to lead us. He wants to lead us and guide us. I don't know how many people I've talked to that have done things, and probably many of you here in this room today have done things and is before and maybe there was a, a tragic end to it or maybe uh, uh, something that uh, uh, just wasn't good but before shortly before that happened you knew you said I knew I shouldn't have done that how did you know that you knew it in here you knew it in the inside not to Pastor Lee my pastor down in Oklahoma you know he he fought with back injuries for years I remember one time, or not one, more than once, a couple times, when he got done preaching, he'd, he'd lay down in his office on the, on the floor, get a little relief and couldn't get up. We'd, I remember a couple times pulling his door off his office and put him on carrying out to his, his, uh, his uh, uh, he had a station wagon back then. Remember station wagons? Yeah. <laughs> Every young person wanted a station wagon to drive, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, he's, he, what happened, he fell off a roof. He was shingled on a roof. And he said, I turned around, and, and he said, there was a piece of roofing rolling. And he said, I turned around and went to grab for it, and he said, I heard on the inside, let it go. Let it go. And he said, I didn't. I overrode it, and I retched. And when I did, he said, my feet slipped right off from under me and went right off the roof. And he paid for years uh, in that by not listening. Well, thank God, you know, he had surgery and he's doing well today, praise God, and uh, good, and he repented of it. And, but how many of us have done similar things in some way or another? We violated that because of just not listening. 
and maybe at the time didn't think it was that big a deal. I mean, every one of us, I could go down the road, probably every one of us have situations, scenarios like that, that something happened and it's like we knew on the inside, I shouldn't have done that. I mean, it seemed like there for a while, I was coming home and telling Pastor Nancy, I said, man, I did it again. I knew I shouldn't have done that, and I went and did it. Well, she said, stop it. I said, yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> well, what do we do? We, we need to practice more. Yes, I'm going to do. I'm going to obey. When God speaks to me something, I'm going to obey. So many things happen bad in our lives by choices we made because we, we chose not to obey the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. But we're getting better at learning and making the right choices, right? Right? All of us, praise God. We're learning. Hallelujah. We're growing and making, learning to make the right choices. And listen and be quick to obey when he speaks to us on the inside. Practice listening to his voice. I encourage everyone in here, practice on a daily level obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know... You know, I mean, you could go to your closet and say, Lord, I need your direction on what clothes to wear today. Most of the time, I would uh, venture to say, God could care less what clothes you wear as long as you wear some. Uh, you know, I mean, there's some of the choices and things he leaves to your, you know, to do. But at the same time, there might be something. I've actually had the Lord speak to me or lead me, I mean, not an audible voice, but most of his leadership I know in my life has been more the impressed upon. It's the, you know, kind of like Paul said, uh, that he, uh, it seemed right that he went up to Ephesus. Or it seemed right that he did this or, seen, or done that. And so if you and I, many times the things that we do, it is the seeming right or the not seeming right. You know, I talked about how uh, uh, Brother Hagen referred to it as two different things. One was on the leadership. It was that velvety feeling on the inside. It was that peace. You know, God leaves us with peace, right? And where the peace is at, that's where he's at. But when it's not, it's like, like he would make the comments like taking a, socks with your ba a bath with your socks on. Well, that's not too pleasant, is it? Well, there's a difference. There's a difference in the feeling. So when you go to do something, just check on the inside. Is there peace there or is there not? If you're a child of God, he leads us forth with peace, praise God. And so as we practice that, we can practice that on a, on a daily basis. And uh, 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 like I said, there's only been a couple of times where I know, and, and, and it turned out later why the case was why I was to wear maybe the particular clothes that I wore or whatever, but... Like I said, most of the time, you know, God don't care what clothes you wear. Uh, you know, he give you a, a, a mind, and, you know, husbands. He give you a wife to help dress you. Praise God. <laughs> uh, we can use all the help we can get on that. Praise God. And so, uh, but, but there's things, too, sometimes that the Lord wants to lead us in, and we just need to practice in our daily life. You know, maybe you're going to, maybe, I've had times before where I've had, uh, you know, went, uh, uh, like, uh, I remember when I was up in Ohio, I was working uh, down in Marietta for a couple of years, or a year and a half down there doing electrical work down there, 
And there was two ways to go. And uh, I remember feeling really uh, uh, led to go one particular way, which was a longer way than I normally go. And, uh, of course, I knew that that route, the, the shorter route, was prone to flooding, but there hadn't been any rains or anything, and, you know, that didn't seem to be an issue. So I didn't think, well, that I don't know why, but I decided, praise God, was one of the times I did listen. And, uh, and I went, and uh, one of the other guys never showed up that day for work. And later on, I talked to him, and that was before, you know, before cell phones. I think that was even before pagers. That was back a few years ago. And uh, uh, didn't show up. And the next day, I found out that uh, the reason he didn't come is he couldn't get through, that the road was flooded out. And it's, it's about two hours, no, almost three hours, it would have cost me to go back around the other way to get to initially get down there. But thank God I listened, and it saved me a lot of time. Well, what had happened is, is a, uh, a dam had broke, and we didn't know anything about it, and it went down and flooded, the, and it, it was underwater. People couldn't get through. But the Holy Ghost knew that. I didn't know that. Hadn't heard it on the news, didn't know that. But the Holy Ghost, and I thank God I listened. Was able to put in a full day's work, praise God. Because probably if we'd had to go turn around and go back, we wouldn't have done it because of the amount of time and then also uh, going back home that way. And so it pays. God wants to save us some grief and some time, sometimes in things and situations if we'll just listen. Now, how many times have people blamed God for something that happened when they knew good and well they shouldn't have done so? Come on now. Hallelujah. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty on some things here. Well, we got some, some other areas that we're going to cover, and uh, you can know this, that God's a keeper of his word. God, his word are one, praise God. His word doesn't lie. And I'm telling you, folks, he's a good God. He's a good God, praise God. Hallelujah. I, I, I know it's time to quit, but I need to share this with you real quickly here uh, before we go. And many of you have heard this story before. And it had to do with my dad when he passed away. You remember me telling that story? When my dad passed away and I wasn't able to pray for him. And uh, this was back in 1988, it was. I went up to Ohio where he was at and uh, was there in the hospital where he was at. And he was uh, not doing so well. And my family kept saying, Danny, just lay hands on him. We know God will raise him up. We know, we know. We've seen God work through you. We know God will work through you. Just lay hands on him. Pray for him. And every time I'd go to lay hands on my dad and pray for him, it was just nothing. I mean, there was no anointing whatsoever. I've learned a long time ago, you don't stir up an anointing. Either the anointing's there or it's not. I mean, that's from the Spirit of God. It's the, the anointing to raise up. You know, uh, a situation there needed to be some real work down there. But there was just no uh, uh, no anointing whatsoever. Well, a couple days later, he passed away. and uh, But he had, just a couple days before that, had gave his life to the Lord. He was born again. Asked Jesus into his heart. Praise God. So that was the important thing. 
He got that taken care of out of the way. But uh, it, it, it bothered me a little bit why that there was no release or no anointing just to pray for him. Because if I'd have laid hands and prayed for him, it just been felt like flesh. There just wasn't no anointing there to do that. And I hadn't never experienced it quite like that before. So I told the, and I've learned a long time ago, I don't get into questioning, well, why this God, why that God, because the enemy can get in there. And you're losing, a lot of people just shut everything down when they're doing that instead of continuing on their life, uh, on their walk and, 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 you know, doing what they need to do with a hand. And so I said, Lord, I said, uh, I'm just kind of curious about why that was, and I'd like to know the answer to it. I said, I'd like to know, so if there's something, was there something in my life, was there something that, uh, a reason, but I said, you know, I'm not going to let it gender doubts or anything like that. I know that you're, you're good when you're word, because he said, if you ask, and it'll be given. And, and uh, a little bit of time had went by, not too many days. And uh, one day I was just walking along, wasn't thinking, I wasn't, it wasn't a spiritual moment, so to speak, or anything. And all at once I heard the Spirit of God begin to speak to me. It was like the voice, it, it was almost like a voice on the inside. And he said, and you asked me about your father. And I called him my father because I never called him my dad. He was not a, a, a dad to me. He was... Uh, um, a lot of things in his life, he, uh, uh, you know, he, uh, uh, well, we'll just leave it at that. He's in glory now, praise God. And so he says, you asked me about your father, why that there was no anointing uh, to, to pray for him. He said, had I raised him up, he would have not changed his ways. Now, before that, he used to beat my mom physically abused her and uh, she would not leave him because she said then she said I'm, 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 I'm concerned for his soul I know he's never accepted Jesus her heart's desire was that he get born again and she would not leave him she stuck with him and when he had beat her she said dad God loves you Jesus loves you and uh, that's why that God you know, when God got a hold of me when he did, thank God he did, because um, I had a hatred, a real hatred in my heart uh, for my dad before I was born again. As a matter of fact, I had done made up my mind, the next time he lays his hand on, I'm going to kill him. I mean, that was it. It was like I, I'd seen it enough, and I was not going to put up with it. I was a, I was 17-year-old. I would gotten pretty big and and I I had full intention of doing that but I wasn't I wasn't born again at the time thank God God got a hold of me I gave my life to Jesus and he purged that that uh, uh, hatred and everything out of me and he filled my heart with love hallelujah thank God he did and uh, and so after that, then, I began to hook up with my mom. Yeah, praise God, we just believe he's going to be born again. Well, he had turned sickly and then was in the hospital. And so uh, God said this. He says, and you asked me concerning your father, 
or why I, I, uh, you had no anointing to pray for him, had I raised him up, he would have not changed his ways. It was better that he go in the state that he was. Now that, uh, where he was at, his, the state that he was in, was he had just gotten born again, and he meant it. But see, God knew the future, and he knew what my dad was going to do with his future. Hallelujah. I didn't know that, but God did. Even though God did not take him, sickness took him. And we'll get into some of this stuff a little bit about, too here about what the Scripture has to say about on the, the passive part. Uh, there's a lot of things in Scripture concerning, um, you know, that, uh, uh, that it looks like the Scripture is saying, well, uh, God, Elohim did this. And we know that the word Lord and God is used many times in Scripture. And it's not Elohim God. It's not God himself. Case in point, remember, remember uh, um, uh, um, uh, Saul that had the evil spirit. And it said an evil spirit from the Lord. Well, when you click on that word Lord and you look it up in the original, it's not Elohim. It's, it's a ruler of darkness. Okay, so... And then when David played his harp, which David had a relationship with God, what happened? Saul found relief, brought him relief. And so there's things sometimes, you know, that you'll see in Scripture that it looks like, well, God's the one. Well, make sure it's Elohim God is talking about. And so, uh, but God knew what the situation was, and, and it was best that the sickness that he was in took him in that situation. He went on to glory. I know, he, I know he's in glory today. I know he's in there. He said, well, Pastor, you're saying he would have lost his, uh, um, uh, uh, lost his salvation in that? I, I'm not the, I'm not the, uh, uh, the one that, that tells the future on something like that. But I do know that God's the God of the heart. He knows what was in my dad's heart. He knows what wasn't in his heart. But I know without a doubt that it was real at that moment that he accepted Jesus. He meant what he said, praise God. Hallelujah. And so it's important to know. So sometimes there might be a situation that you don't understand why something happened in that. Go ahead and ask him. You can ask the Lord. Just don't get tripped up over it, you know. Don't spend a lot of time there and well, I'm just going to quit serving God because, you know, this happened and that happened. And that's when it genders, uh, genders uh, doubt and unbelief and you begin to doubt God. I'm telling you, your father loves you more than the devil hates you, praise God. Amen. And he wants everybody in glory that can possibly go more than we do. Amen. Let's stand our feet, praise God. A couple other things, but we've, we've been through enough. Hallelujah. So when we say... Is God really in control? A lot of people I hear people say, well, God's in control. Now, I remind you, we live in a fallen world. God's not in control of the, the bad and the things that happen. The enemy is, is, is rampant, let it rampant, running rampant in this world. We know that one day here, praise God, before long, he's going to be losing his lease on planet Earth. Hallelujah. That's a good thing. Amen. But in the meantime, he is the God of this world. So God's control 
It's not about God controlling things. This happened, well, you know, God was in control. Why did that happen? Because he, he can't control something that he's not invited in. See, he can't control our lives unless we give him control of our lives. Are you with me? So we say, God, we want you to have control of our life. We want you to have, but still, we can exercise our will and push him out. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, hopefully I've given you a few things to think about here today. Glory to God. So this series, I'm, I'm excited as we continue to march forward through it. A lot of other things that we'll look into and cover. I'm telling you, I'm thankful we serve a good God. Hallelujah. And uh, he loves us and cares for us and is there to help us. But one of the big things on this, if you, two big things I hope that you take out of this today. And, and one is make good choices. Secondly is listen to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And that will save us a lot right there. Hallelujah. Now, if you've, let me say this real quick in closing here. If you've, if you've made some bad choices and got yourself into a position that isn't good, all you've got to do is go before God and say, God, I'm sorry. I won't do this again because that's what repent means is to turn 180 degrees away from, right? Lord, I'm not going to do this again. I'm asking for your help to get out of this and he'll help you because that's a good God that he is. Because he knows we make mistakes. And he doesn't hold it over our head. He just needs us to be able to say, God, I ask you to forgive me. Now I'm asking you to work and help me to get this back where I need to get it. And he'll be right there for us. Thank God he loves us. Amen. Thank God he loves us. Praise God. If God be for us, who can be against us? Glory to God. Don't forget, you're valuable and you're precious. You're special and you're important to God. Amen. I know this hasn't been just a jump and shout and holler in service today, but it'll cause us to prosper. Praise God. Amen. That's what we want, right? Father, I just thank you for every person here in this room today. I thank you, Lord, that you have good plans for our lives. We're so thankful that you're a good God, that all good Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above, whom, God, that you do not change or turn or, 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 or fluctuate at all. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, that you come to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. We're so thankful that the devil's defeated, and we're so thankful, Jesus, that you are Lord. We're thankful that you're Lord over our lives. Thank you for teaching us. We open our hearts to receive from you. We thank you for your goodness to us. We bless you, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for every person that's here today. I thank you, Father God, for doing what you want to do in, your life, in our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.